0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. We'll free record on my count. Seven. Six five. Four three, 2, Roll A, fade up on A.
1: Southernness Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: Good afternoon and Happy New Year from the Eagle Hour on a Thursday that feels like a Monday. This is Bob Getty along with Luke Johnson and Dalton Stanford. We're in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel for the first Eagle Hour of 2020, and we're glad that you're with us. Got a great show today. We're going to be talking to Patrick McGee just a moment. We're going to go out to Dallas and uh, hook up with our buddy uh, Jack Duggan, who's out there, of course, for the bowl game. Quick reminder, though, the opening segment of this show going into 2020 is sponsored by Our good friends at Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their fall off the bone ribs, hickory smoked brisket, and other great foods that they cook in-house every day. And so we hope that you'll take advantage of the great food that you'll find every day at Dickey's Barbecue. And we thank Dickey's very much for their support of the show. All right, let's get right to it. We've got Jack Duggan on the phone. Jack is out in the Fort Worth area as the Golden Eagles get ready for the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl and a renewal of an old rivalry with the Tulane Green Wave. Jack, first of all, Happy New Year. And if you will, just set the stage for our listeners around the state, what the football team is doing, what happens between now and kickoff Saturday morning.
1: Well, Bob, Happy New Year to you and you guys over there. Uh, back at Super talk, uh, just actually uh, sitting on a bus uh, heading back from our our final uh, official practice of the 2019 season. Uh, Gold Niggles uh, got here Tuesday um, afternoon, late afternoon um, at, at dinner able to um, do some sightseeing in downtown Fort Worth uh, where our hotel is and uh, yesterday uh, it was an, it was an early morning. Guys were up before, uh, up before uh, the light. Uh, they had breakfast, uh, went into meetings, and had an early, early, uh, early practice before they went uh, down to the cock ball, where they all got the chance to go see the Winter Classic uh, with the Nashville Predators and the uh, Dallas Stars. So that was a lot of fun for them. Oh. Uh, did a few things uh, yesterday as well. Uh, came back, uh, able to see some more sights yesterday afternoon, and then. Uh, the final practice today, they'll have a walk-through tomorrow, uh, but um uh, final, uh, final practice uh, was today uh, at a uh, suburban uh, Fort Worth high school here uh, in the area.
2: I want to take you back to that hockey game, if I can, for just a second. I saw some clips of that. That, that was an outdoor game, am I correct? And it looked like there was a massive crowd for that. How exciting there was, was that, was
1: There was 85,000 there, was 85, there wow. yesterday, Bob. Wow. Uh, <laughs> And they played at the Cotton Bowl, which is uh, which is typically where they play uh, that the that of what well, used to be the heart of Dallas Bowl, but they couldn't use it because of that this year. So that's why they played that bowl game at SMU that Western Michigan, Western Kentucky mm-hmm. played last week. So uh, so yeah, it was quite respectable. Some of the guys that I talked to today, they said it was it was unbelievable. You know, a lot of our guys probably hadn't been to an NHL game before, so they. It was, it was a lot of fun uh, for all our guys yesterday.
2: Right, All right, so what what's ahead? Now, what, is the, what do the kids do between now and, and kickoff Saturday morning, Jack?
1: Well, go back to the hotel, uh, probably a couple hours of rest. Uh, they've got a, a team dinner tonight and then uh, uh, through the bowl and then also uh, 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 kind of an outing uh, right next to where they're eating at, at, at an improv club. So they'll, they'll be treated to about an hour and a half show. Uh, tonight, um, and then uh, that'll be it for today. Tomorrow, uh, we'll start things off with a um, uh, press conference. Coach Hoffman, a couple of our players, uh, Jack Abraham, Demario Smith will participate in a press conference tomorrow morning uh, that the Bowl is having. Uh, then there'll be a, a team luncheon that both teams will attend, uh, and then uh, both teams will have their respective walk- walkthroughs uh, later in the afternoon. Uh, at at the Amon G. Carter Stadium on the, on the TCU campus. And then after that, it's 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 uh, your night before mode where you you you, you eat dinner, you, you do some meetings, and then you get some sleep for an early an early kick on Saturday.
0: Right, all right, Luke, jump in here with Jack Duggan. Jack uh it's it's always I remember when when I went to uh, to the we went to four bowl games and it's always it's not a challenge but it, it a bowl game is always fun because we're there to win a football game at the same time though it is it is a reward for the players been a pretty good mix of that this week you think
1: Yeah I think so uh I mean I mean just a chance to go to the Winter Classic I think was was pretty huge for those guys I mean they, I mean I, there was a lot of social media on it, a lot of guys taking pictures and uh you know they got treated to some early goals and and also uh guy getting get ejected right off the bat and uh so it was it was pretty good it was a pretty good time for them uh, you know and and i tell you what downtown fort worth is 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 really a nice area and uh so if you're going to go to a downtown this is certainly one of the ones you want to go to and uh, the people people at the armed forces ball have been have been more than gracious and and it's just been a I think it's been a good experience for everybody, not just our players, but our, our coaching staff uh, uh, and uh, all of our staff that have been out here this week.
0: Uh, one of the things I was excited about about this bowl game is where it's being played. Uh, it, it's a college atmosphere, 45,000 seating capacity. You feel like uh, you can have a, you know, more of a, a game day experience there. Have, you, have, have they been practicing um, at TCU where the first time they step in that stadium will be at the walkthrough?
1: The walkthrough would be the first time they step in the stadium. We've we've been at a uh, high school called Centennial High School in Burleson, Texas, which is just south of Fort Worth, and uh, we've practiced there the last two days. And so I would imagine right now our equipment staff is is uh, is, is knocking that that down as we speak and uh, going over to uh, to uh, and G Carter Stadium this afternoon and start. Uh, uh, Setting up that locker room for the next couple of days for our guys.
2: Okay, Jack. Last question: Is there a little extra air of excitement, perhaps, that it's Tulane? I mean, it's a familiar opponent, and that time that sometimes is a lot different than the types of teams you play in bowl games.
1: Yeah, it is, and you know, it's a, it's a team that, that that we're familiar with, but one we haven't played in a while. So you know, it, you know, there's that there's that regional rivalry, and, and our guys understand the battle for the bell and. Uh, you know what it means, and, and and you know the success that we've had this rivalry, and uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be a fun game. I I, I think uh, our guys are going to be ready to play on Saturday morning, and uh, you know should be should be a fun fun day for our fans.
2: All right, it's at ten thirty kickoff. Am I right about that?
1: That is right. <clears throat> so officially ten thirty three on on ESPN, and then if you if you can't uh, if you can't get it on TV, certainly on one of our affiliates on our radio network, uh, and you can also get it through our, our our Southern Miss game day app.
2: Okay, Jack, we appreciate your time. Have a good time out there. We look forward to working with you in the new year, buddy.
1: Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. Y'all take care.
2: All right, Jack Duggan, everybody, the old left-hander. Luca. are these things fun for kids on football teams, or are they I don't know, are they tired of practicing, tired of, of football, or is this This different and this revival, in a sense...
0: It does, and it's because uh, the, every bowl has some special events. Like you talked about, the Jack talked about the Winter Classic last night. I mean, we, we forget sometimes, and, and I had to be reminded, you know, I grew up going on vacations, you know, different places. Some people n- never been out of the state of Mississippi before, you know, and so they're not just flying in playing a football game. You're actually going, and you're getting to spend uh, a week, five, six days, in, you know, a metropolitan city in the U.S. So, I mean, it's a, it is a pretty cool experience. What a day wake, you know. You wake up, uh, you eat breakfast, probably have some meetings, and then you get in these buses and you go here and there. And sometimes uh, you go to places, they give you uh, bowl gifts. When when we were at the Liberty Bowl, man, they, uh, they they had an all-you-could-eat buffet for us at Rendezvous in Memphis. And uh, a bowl rep was there, and everybody on the team, we got like a fossil watch. Um, and so you get bowl gifts. You get all kinds of little stuff here and there. And it's, it really is, it's a pick-me-up for the guys, and uh, it, it allows you to, to – Almost in a sense, be be thankful for the season, and because the bowl game is a reward for the players and coaches. And and one of the
2: last bowl games to be played, very unusual the timing, right?
0: It is. It's uh, you, you've got I think a uh, few today, and then you've got after our game. I think it's just the national championship. So yeah, it is. And. The, the good thing about it, we've said this uh, from the beginning, we are the only college football game going on on um, Saturday. You, you got two today, uh, and then you got one Monday after we play. So really only five games left. So it's cool to be uh, at the end of at the end of the college football season
2: all right so so an ESPN Saturday morning ten thirty, uh Southern Miss and Tulane of course everybody should be able to tune in and watch that and uh, and last question for you before we uh take a break how important from the standpoint of of this program is it to win this game you think
0: The, the the most important thing that fans don't understand is is the extra practices. That was the most important thing um, from from a, a depth perspective, mm-hmm. uh, from a percept perception, and for excitement, this is far more important. Right. So I would say it's a 95 percent uh, importance for us for us to win this because it creates momentum going into the off season and southern miss never likes losing to tulane all
2: right all right eagle hour continues first show of 2020 will return in just 3 minutes
1: tuned in to the eagle hour the eagle hour southern miss to the top
2: I want to thank jack duggan for joining us uh, as they made their way back to the hotel from practice and uh, the old left-hander on the bus reporting live from fort worth texas we appreciate that very much this segment sponsored by campus bookmark and CampusBookMart.net, the place for southern miss sports apparel southern miss uh, items for your home for your car and, of course, they uh, wheel and deal in textbooks and all sorts of uh, school projects. So uh, if you've got the, a Golden Eagle that you want to make very happy, you just take them to Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street or check out their website at campusbookmart.net. All right, first appearance of the new 2020 from our good buddy, the professor down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, Patrick McGee, Biloxi Sun-Herald, and Happy New Year,
3: Patrick. Uh, same to y'all. How are y'all?
2: Well, we're good. Did you have a good holiday? We hope.
3: Yeah, I need a need a holiday from my holiday. It's been <laughs> uh, I stayed on the road for a while, so uh, hope, hoping I can kind of catch my breath uh, here pretty soon.
2: Right. I, I guess you're like a lot of people had to get up and go back to work this morning, and that's when you, for the first time all holiday season, I did say "Bah humbug." But you know that's that's just the way it is. All yeah. right. Lots to talk about, Patrick. We're going to keep you for a while if you're not busy. Let's start with the obvious. Uh, we just talked to Jack Duggan. Golden Eagles uh, just finished the practice and headed back to the hotel, getting ready for the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl against Tulane. I'm going to ask you the same question that I ended the segment asking uh, Luke. How important is winning this bowl game for uh, Jay Hobson's football program?
3: Well, I think it's, it's, it's not a must-win. Uh, but a win would be a major lift, uh, especially with the way the season ended. Uh, the last two games of the season really not playing very well and getting uh, beaten fairly handily by Western Kentucky and Florida Atlantic. So uh, this is a this is a big game. This is a winnable game. Uh, you know, I know Vegas uh, sees Tulane as a favorite, and I, I tend to agree a little bit on that. Uh, but yeah, this is this is a big game. Uh, there needs to be some kind of a, a little lift, a little bit of momentum going to the. Uh, off season, and uh, I, I think this is really a, a big moment, a big game for, for Jay Hobson.
2: So, Patrick, obviously Tulane was a longtime rival of Southern Miss, but left the conference and went to the American Athletic Conference. How do you think that's affected the Tulane program? How have they benefited uh, from from leaving Conference USA and going uh, to the American?
3: Well, really, if you look at big picture, they've struggled. Um, Tulane is probably not a great fit for the American. Whenever you compare their program uh, to other schools, I mean, there are some private programs like Tulsa where it's uh, somewhat similar. But uh, whenever you put up a Tulane against a Central Florida or even a an East Carolina or a Cincinnati, uh, a Houston, uh, Tulane just is you know just doesn't have the tradition for, uh, that those programs have kind of built up and, and, and they've been able to compete. Uh, for a while, so I, 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 you know, how it's treated Tulane is probably actually a negative. But there's no doubt they had to make that move. That was, you know, uh, to make that leap. Uh, that was, that was. Uh, you have to give credit to Tulane this administration for uh, making that happen. Um, I know a lot of Southern Miss fans still haven't gotten over the fact that that Tulane got into what was the Big East at the time, and uh, they overlooked the Southern Miss, and and uh, it's it's it, it was a pivotal it was a pivotal moment. Uh, for you know, at that point, for both programs, and Tulane gets to make the move. Uh, Tulane has struggled uh, in large part in most sports in uh, the American Conference, but uh, they're in a position. that Eventually, they can take advantage of this.
2: How did that happen, Patrick? Looking back, why did well, why did a Tulane get in that conference and not a Southern Miss with much more? I think it's fair to say much more of a football tradition.
3: Right. Well, it came down to uh, market size and the uh, financial well-being of, of two universities. And also, Tulane's got the reputation of being a really good academic institution. It's basically kind of you know, uh, it's it's you know, it's one of those schools that brings a little cachet with it in the market because you always like to have a, a city like New Orleans, a market like New Orleans, in your conference. So on that, on that end, it made sense. But on the field. In terms of say even football and basketball and uh, really a lot of other sports, Southern Miss really kind of outpaced tooling for a long time. So, but it yeah. all came down to money and
0: market. what, but Patrick, like, what, what in in today's college uh, football environment, like, what percentage is really about the field anymore? I mean, it's a lot more about the money and the market, isn't it?
3: Well, it it really just kind of depends. It, we're kind of in a weird space right now. Uh, I don't know if this will change. I mean, obviously it comes down to dollar sign. Uh, but, you know, if, at some point you want to have a, a conference, you know, a competitive – a deep conference makes it easier for your teams to get, you know, considered for, say, playoff spots or major goal bids. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we'll see things change. Uh, but as as long as, as long as you can bring – Uh, value to a conference through the dollar sign or through market, Uh, that's just the way it is. I mean, there's just no way around it. It's, It's probably not changing anytime real soon
0: let's get down to the to the game itself. Southern Miss is uh, really a touchdown underdog and it's really stayed that way since it's come out. Patrick, you're going in the game I've kind of, uh, it's a catch-22 for for the nasty bunch. It's really going to come down, I think, to the nasty bunch uh, defending Justin McMillan. 700 yards on the ground, 2,200 yards in the air. You feel like they're going to put him in a lot of RPO situations and, and make the nasty bunch uh, you know, pick which one they want to guard first. I kind of see Tim Billings having to put a lot of pressure early to force him into some bad decisions. Um, what's your thoughts on both sides of the ball going in against Tulane?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, the, the ball game is really going to come down to can Southern Miss contain McMillan, uh, you know. And I think since Jay Hobson's uh, been at USM, that, that Southern Miss has done an okay job of really handling quarterbacks that are that are a, a two way threat as a runner as a passer, uh, working out of an RPO system like that. So it's uh, it's going to be a challenge. I, I, I expect Southern Miss to, to to play fairly well defensively against Tulane, I, uh, uh, I, I just saw little bits and pieces of Tulane this season. I was pretty impressed. I, uh, I think Tulane is probably a, a, a well-rounded team, a more well-rounded team than they've had in a while. I think they played pretty good ball on both sides, and, and it's really going to come down to can Southern Miss uh, contain a McMillan and make sure he doesn't, you know, get, you know, uh, throw for two hundred and run for seventy or something like that. Uh, they've got to really force him into a couple of turnovers. Uh, to have a chance to win this ballgame. So you're right. I mean, it all comes down to how well McMillan plays for Tulane. And if Jack Abraham can somehow kind of break out of his uh, slump to close out the season. So uh, you kind of hate to break down a game uh, based on analysis of just two teams' quarterbacks. But it really does kind of come down to that. If Abraham can kind of break out, throw for 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns, and if Southern Miss can kind of keep McMillan in check, I think Southern Miss can win.
2: So, Professor, do the Golden Eagles go into the game healthy? Are there any notable players that will not be on the field?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll, there will be, you know, Rakeem Booth is highly unlikely to play due to the injury he suffered. Uh, it was a leg injury. And uh, Jalen Adams, Jay Hobson says he won't be playing. Uh, as far as I can tell, it's not a serious injury for Jalen. Uh, you know, you don't really see him on crutches or, you know, on a brace. I, it's kind of a question mark as to what Jalen Adams' deal is at the moment, but. Uh, Both Booth and Adams won't be available, and there will be some other guys that have missed time that will be out there as well. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I think this is giving them time to get some guys that were just a little banged up healthy for this. It will give the staff, both staffs really, a lot of time in the game plan. I expect both. I expect Southern Miss and and Buster Faulkner to get creative with it on offense. Why not? You know, This is a situation where you want to kind of break out of your slump and and try to get creative with it. So I think Southern Miss – uh, both staffs have coming prepared. You've had a long time to get ready for this one.
2: And Patrick, how how overall has Conference USA done in this bowl season? Mediocre, good, underperformed? What do you think?
3: Well, I, I think considering who all they've played, uh, you've had some pretty difficult matchups, uh, You know, whether it was UAB with Appalachian State or some of these other games. You saw FAU show up and beat family, a really good SMU team. So I, I think the conference has been okay. Uh, West Kentucky beating Western Michigan—that was nice. Uh, that you know, I think they're what three and four in, in bowl play at the moment, and uh, Southern Miss can kind of getting them to that five hundred mark if they can beat Tulane. So I, I, I think this bowl season has been okay. Uh, there's been a couple of flops, but for the large part, I think the conference has probably held up even a little bit better than I would have thought.
2: And I think Tulane and Southern Miss are going to be playing each other in some games upcoming in the next few years. Am I right about mm-hmm. that?
3: Yeah, in uh, 2022. Uh, I, I think the first ones in Hattiesburg. I'm not. I'm not positive, but yeah, they'll have a run of I think four games coming up. And to me, it's I mean, Southern Miss and Tulane should be playing in every sport every year. Uh, you know, you know, football is kind of hard to make happen, but uh, why they're not playing in baseball is just is 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 ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, uh, that, that football rivalry is going to kick up here pretty good when it, going back into 2022. I'm looking forward to these Tulane South Alabama games. Coming on the schedule here pretty soon.
0: Right. And you make
3: a
2: record. Really
0: good... 20 to 22, Bob, at Tulane. Two 2023, 20, Tulane two at home. 2026, 20, at Tulane. Two 2027, 20, Tulane two in Hattiesburg. I got you. Well, you know, Patrick
2: makes a good point, too, Luke, about baseball. Not only was, not only does it make sense geographically for these universities to play, that was a great baseball rivalry uh, between Southern Miss and Tulane. A real shame, real shame to see that come to an end. All right, we're going to keep the professor around. We want to talk a little Southern Miss basketball, and then we want to talk about my buddies, Hudats, and how well they're going to do this weekend as the NFL playoffs get underway. We'll be right back.
0: miss to
1: the top to the top you're tuned in to the eagle hour
0: happy new year from the eagle hour to you third segment of the eagle hour brought to us every day by four street bar and grill located just in the shadow of mm roberts stadium on four street in hattiesburg mississippi always have a daily lunch special and be sure to check them out on facebook for everything that's going on at four street bar and grill. Bob, Luke, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and rainy but beautiful downtown Laurel. We continue with Patrick McGee from the Bloxy Sun-Herald. Patrick, turning the page to basketball, Golden Eagles drop a 80-49 game against Louisiana Tech. Opening in Conference USA play. Uh, First half, Eagles played pretty good defense. Uh, Tech went on that 13-0 run to start the second half. You look up, you're down 20. And uh, Golden Eagles were just ice cold. which is really it was kind of a strange game because they have been shooting the ball well what'd you take away from uh monday night's matchup
3: well it's you know anytime you 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 put up 16 three-pointers and you lose you you miss all of them (laughs) that's that's, things aren't going to go well for you and so yeah it was a game that was kind of a disappointing start to conference play especially when you had a little momentum coming off the texas tech performance and then you uh, hand it to Tugaloo and in the, the process you shoot the ball really well against Tugaloo. And that's always a you know, you don't you can't read into that obviously and then you turn around and just play badly against Tech and then you gotta turn, play them with this Saturday at Rust uh that's it's it's a rough start for conference play for Southern Miss Uh starting with they got a little road swing here before they come home and play for Texas. So yeah, I mean it's it's tough. Uh this they've been inconsistent here in recent weeks and uh, Ladavia Strain—they kind of go, you know. Ladavia Strain is shooting well. They got a shot. If they can hit their outside, you know, uh, attempts, they got a chance to, to hang with teams. Uh, but yeah, it was a tech, tech game was a bit of a disaster. But Tech's a really good basketball team. Uh, it's still to be determined. Uh, we'll find out more about this basketball team over the next three weeks.
0: I um I, I told Kelly and uh, Chuck Abadie on Tuesday. You know, one of the things that we've kind of been frustrated at over the years is that uh, we're, we've been kind of short. You look out there, Monday, and Kanatzuk six seven, uh, Jack Donamy is uh, six nine, Tyler Stevenson six eight, and your your normal big Leonard Harbor Baker he's out you know at six five. Golden Eagles have some height this year, but uh, Louisiana Tech just did an excellent job containing Watson and and Drain. I still have the feeling. I keep saying this; it's just a, a, a drum I keep beating. I still feel like Coach Ladner's trying to. F- to to cook up the recipe, I, I I feel like he's just trying different waves in there and out to see the five that will really click.
3: Yeah, and, and some of the new guys he brought in, you know, he had. Whenever you come in late and have to put together a class, some of those guys just aren't going to stack up usually, and that's what's happened. You just don't have the depth. You don't have the guys coming off the bench uh, that you know. Whenever somebody gets cold, uh, there just really isn't anybody sitting down there that you can just bring in and kind of. Uh, really kind of changed things so he's going with the group he's got and whenever that group's cold it's going to be a long day so uh yeah he's he's still trying to figure things out but i you know he realizes these are the guys he's going to have to roll with night in and night out
2: patrick how in the world does the conference set it up where you play the same team back to back to open the conference schedule
3: well I, i think it's all a matter of convenience and trying to get the schedule figured out every year they've made it super complicated for themselves by the uh, uh, the pod play there at the end, or wherever the heck they're calling it these days. So, uh, it was uh, scheduling has b- become a bit of a nightmare uh, due to that situation. I think the conference just realized, well, at least we can get a couple of the first two games set, or or get two two games set there on the schedule to where we can work around it. So, uh, scheduling is a bit of a pain in the butt for the conference.
2: Have you ever seen that before, though, where two teams play each other back to back in the conference?
3: No, and it's dumb. You know, I I don't. You know, it's not to anybody's advantage. I don't think. No. Uh, you know, I, I just you know, uh, Southern Miss and Tech are travel partners. Whenever takes on the road, Southern Miss is on the road. Uh, going into you know they'll, they'll like they'll go to Charlotte one night and then uh, then they'll flip flop and then they'll play you know, uh, Old Dominion the next. Uh, those two teams will. That's just how it works uh, with, with the way conference does things. But yeah. Southern Miss and Tech are, are tied at the hip when it comes to the basketball side. So it's just, just one of those things. Yeah. All
2: right, let's switch gears now, Patrick, and let's talk about the National Football League. And uh, I watch I watch all my buddies, you and, and Luke, and, and all the guys around these parts that, that follow the Saints. And, and Luke made a good comment before we went on the air today, and I completely agree with him. It just seems wrong almost for a team to win 13 games and not get a bye.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, but you know, the Saints had their shot, like, you know, against the Forty the Niners. You know, all they had to do was guard the best player on the, you know, the best player on the field. there late, but they give up a long pass there. The George Kittle was tied in, and, and you show up and just kind of lay an egg against the, the Falcons. That's you know, that's the difference between a one seed and a and a three seed. So uh, the Saints are every bit as good as the two teams that'll be hosting. That, that got the buys uh, in the first week. They're every bit as good. I think the Saints are better than the Packers. Uh, but the problem is they could be in a situation where they have to go to Green Bay in, in, in January, and that's always difficult. I think that's a game mm-hmm. that the Saints could win. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think the Saints have are, are right there. They're every bit as good as anybody else there in the NFC. I think they would beat the 49ers if they played them again. I just don't see the 49ers putting up a similar offensive showing against the Saints second time around. I think the Saints showed that they could score in the 49ers. I don't think that's going to change. So Mm -hmm. uh, the Saints can do it. It's just going to be a lot harder. They're going to have to earn this one.
2: That was my next question. To what degree does this make it more difficult for New Orleans to get to the Super Bowl?
3: Oh, it, it makes it much more difficult, uh, especially with the idea that the possibility of going to Green Bay. Even though, again, I think the Saints are better than Green Bay, and that they would beat them possibly on their home field. But yeah, I mean, the, the Superdome would have been a, uh, a major edge. I mean, we did see the Forty Niners come in the Superdome and win in a, in a weird, wild football game. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Saints need that home field advantage, and that goes back to whenever they went went to the Super Bowl and won it. They had you know home field advantage and didn't leave the Superdome. So. Uh, yeah, it makes it significantly more difficult.
2: I saw some uh, NFL Network TV over the weekend, and and they th- this was just speculation, but they they were they were bringing up the possibility of Drew Brees retiring at the end of the season. Are you buying that?
3: Oh yeah, it's a possibility. Uh, but I, you know, if they don't win the Super Bowl, I think he's back for another year. He's just still too darn good right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, you know, I've been really, I think kind of weird, but him missing those few weeks I think might have actually helped him uh, keep his arm strength and, and stay uh, a little bit fresh throwing the ball down the stretch. Last year, you kind of saw him trail off just a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. know if there was a minor injury. They just kind of bugged him there late or something like that. Uh, but taking those few weeks off where he's not taking hits and, and having to throw the ball as much, uh, he, he's looked really good here late. And as well as he's playing, I, I, you know, I, I don't think Breeze will retire if they don't uh, win the Super Bowl, but if they do get there and win it, I think he would retire.
2: Right. All right, Luke Johnson, are they going to get there and win it so that Drew Brees can retire a Super Bowl champion?
0: To be honest, I think Green Bay is going to get upset next week. Um, but you're, you're looking at maybe uh, the Seahawks uh, going up there, and, and I, th- I think they can beat them. I think the, the the Packers are the most overrated. 13, it's it's going to go between San Francisco and and uh, New Orleans if the Saints can can tackle um, this weekend. Patrick, the NFC, I mean, it's pretty wild, man. The uh, Saints get a home game, but uh, you're you're a, against a 10 win, and then an 11 win goes on the road to take on the Eagles, who are a, a nine win. I, I think uh you know we were talking about how good the afc was but man the NFC over the last half of the season has just been far more dominant
3: oh yeah well it's been a NFC's been fun to watch this year uh say what you will about the 49ers uh they you know they're they're a really fun football team to watch have a really good defensive line I think the NFC is really tough this year I think I think whoever comes out of the NFC wins it because I like both the Saints and the 49ers to come out and I would think both those teams are really going to be really good teams going in the super bowl with a chance to win it. So yeah, I I think I'm like you. I think it's between the Saints and the 49ers. I'm not the, the Packers I think are going to stuff their toe before they get to the hmm. uh get to the super bowl.
0: Should should am I crazy to think that the Tennessee Titans may walk out of Foxborough with a yes, victory you're on crazy. a Saturday night?
3: No, no, I think that's that's perfectly possible. Now, I am not impressed with the Patriots at all right now. If they in the last few weeks of the season they've been about as mediocre as it get. If you let Miami come into your home field and and, and win and you're in a you know, you, and you're playing for what, a first round home playoff game like that. I mean I mean getting a bye, excuse me. I mean that's just I think the Patriots I think they've kind of hit a wall here. I I'm not saying they're done for this year or, or next year or anything, but I, I It would not surprise me at all if
0: the Titans beat them. Say it, Patrick. Bring me hope in the new year. The Patriots are done. (laughs) Say it.
2: Now, you guys, you're going to hear it first right here. AFC Championship game is Baltimore and Kansas City, and the NFC Championship game is New Orleans and San Francisco. What do you say, Professor?
3: I'd say give me all that. I want it now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No Patriots in the Super Bowl this year, boys. Does that make you all happy?
3: Oh, yeah. Very happy. Yeah. I mean, I I can't stand the Patriots. I mean, I
2: just have to admit, I hate. All right, Patrick. We always enjoy you, buddy. First show of the year, and we'll look forward to the second one next Thursday. All right. Thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. You heard it, Luke. You heard it. The Ravens and the Chiefs the Saints and the 49ers. Write that down. No,
0: I heard it. I heard yeah. I heard the Patriots were done. I didn't hear anything after that. I was no, just Patriots I was uh, really happy to hear year. that.
2: All right, we'll be back
1: to
0: the top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, 601-255-4510. Excellent website also, toyotahattiesburg.com. You can view all their new vehicles, all their pre-owned Vehicles. They have certified uh, vehicles there. Uh, you can actually value uh, a trade for your car. So a Toyota Hattiesburg there for you. And, uh, you know, just buy somebody a late Christmas present. Just, Bob, I need a forerunner. Go get me one. I appreciate you and Dalton uh, chipping in on that. We're all three broadcasting the Eagle Hour to you today from the First Bank studios in Hattiesburg and in Laurel, Mississippi. Um, you look at, again, Southern Miss and uh, Tulane. This is the 31st edition of the Battle for the Bell. The Bell was obviously not on the line for all of those. Um, the last uh, time that Tulane won, you got to go way back. It was actually um, a game when I was on the roster. Tulane won in 2002, 31-10 contest down in New Orleans. But Southern Miss has won uh, the last six these two teams haven't played since 2010 when the Eagles won down in, in the Big Easy, 46-30. to 30. Tulane uh, won four out of the, the first eight and then has only won three games since 1993. Um, but, Bob, it is. I mean, let's be honest. This is a, a, a group of five team that is in a stronger conference than the Golden Eagles, and whatever you want to say about it, uh, Southern Miss needs to win this game. It would not only be a, a win and uh, against Tulane, but it would be a Conference USA win against uh, an American Conference team.
2: Right, and give the Conference a five hundred record with a pretty tough bowl schedule that they played uh, during the postseason, so uh, hopefully uh, that will all work out. We're going to try our best to get Lee Roberts on the show tomorrow and uh, get us a last-minute report uh, before the game kicks off on Saturday. Hey, I want to take just a moment. I want to thank you and Kelly and, and Chuck Abadie, a very dear friend of mine, for filling in for me uh, while I was gone the last couple of weeks. Had a great Florida vacation uh, with my kids in Jacksonville and St. Augustine. And I would just tell everybody that listens to the show this. I got introduced to St. Augustine, Florida last year by my son and daughter-in-law, and if you ever get the opportunity to go to St. Augustine during the Christmas season, don't hesitate to go. It's the oldest founded city in America. It sits right on the Atlantic Ocean. They have a beautiful downtown square, old-timey square, surrounded by all the old town that uh, for you know hundreds and hundreds of years has been St Augustine over a million christmas lights in downtown the harbors decorated with filled with boats that are decorated with uh, christmas lights it is fantastic so if you ever get the chance to spend a little holiday time in uh, St. Augustine, you'll en- you'll enjoy the Christmas carolers and the people riding through the town on little trains singing Christmas carols, and uh, it's just a-, a wonderful a wonderful uh, Christmas uh, example of Christmas spirit and Christmas lights uh, in St. Augustine. So, uh, I gather you guys had a good time. Santa's sick today, so you almost must have just worn him out, Luke.
0: Uh, yeah, I think I think actually Dalton did. Uh, they had, or it actually, was branded, wasn't it? Dalton went down there and was his right hand man for the MC on New Year's Eve, wasn't it? Uh, I was there too. That's what he said. You were
4: there? Yes. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, That's why the building burned down. Uh, I got you. Uh, well, he he oh, just showed geez. me a picture of Santa dressed
2: in his best-looking Elton John. <laughs> A space suit uh,
4: suit well, I'll send you the picture Lou yeah, he, yeah. he showed up in the picture me and Brandon were uh, outside the bottling company waiting for him to get there and he walks up and he's just got black on underneath it. and he's holding his jacket behind him we can't see and he brings it around and says, what do you guys think? And I just go, oh, my Lord. And Brandon goes, look at you, Kelly I'm just, Where like, do you go and get a jacket like that? Okay. You know, I don't know. I think he said. Omar uh, the tent maker? <laughs> Is that what he did? He said he picked it up at some <laughs> yard knows? sale or some liquidation sale it, or something like that.
0: It. Y'all had fun in Hattiesburg. But let me tell you what downtown Laurel did. It was really cool. They had a, a six to, to eight uh, deal downtown. They did a balloon drop for kids at eight. And then they had um, bands playing, and downtown Laurel had a bunch of the streets shut off, had food vendors. So Lauren and I head, head down to downtown Laurel around 1030. They had a massive pine cone, okay, like not a real not a real one, but one they had constructed. And they had it on a lift, and at midnight they dropped the pine cone in downtown Laurel. I mean, yeah. there was a lot of people. Lee's Coffee was open. People were, were in there getting the hot chocolate. They had funnel cakes. Bob, mm. not on the diet, but it was New Year's Eve. They had deep-fried Oreos oh my God. Hmm. on the street in downtown Laura. I've never had it, one of those. You know,
4: one of those. I haven't, that really I, sounds I real. haven't either. I've heard all the jokes about all, you know, everything, deep-fried this, deep-fried that. But I can't say, honestly, I've never really had something... Something like that, hmm.
0: you know. Was a good look. Okay, I just got this. Oh, it was it was absolutely <laughs> he just got phenomenal. The <laughs> I just got this picture. <laughs> Kelly looks like he's glowing. He looks yeah, like it I looks know. like that paint. You know the mimes in New Orleans that spray themselves on right, the street. It looks a, like yeah. that's what Kelly's well, see, jacket is made. Well, of.
4: what you're not seeing is because uh, since I'm behind the camera, we had you know stage light stuff set up because uh, Kelly was doing his live stream of his Facebook show, and so Brandon and I were there producing that for him and so he had all these lights on him reflecting off of it man you should have seen it the first time uh, it how, hit him
2: how many yards of tinfoil did it require <laughs> to make that jacket ball so do you know
4: you know i'm no mathematician so i couldn't exactly say but if Kelly ever turns into one of those guys that thinks that someone's trying to mind control him, all he's got to do is pull that jacket over his head, yeah, you know, like yeah, uh, from yeah. Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, it looked he's, he's like covered. a
2: nightmare from Area 51. <laughs> I mean, it was just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that wraps it up for today. We love we'll... you, Kelly. Hope yeah, we feel love better. you, Kelly. Yeah, Xander may be back tomorrow. Until then, Southern Miss. <laughs> to the, to oh. the top. To the
4: top. To the sea I Fly like an eagle Let my
3: spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free I'll to through the world
0: a Super Talk Mississippi yeah. Media Production